you're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and for listening today. I so appreciate having you here. I hope we're doing something awesome together. Maybe we're out for a walk together and you're listening, or we're on vacation. Chances are you're probably doing something like dishes, laundry, folding, vacuuming. Okay, that's okay. That's cool, too. (laughs) I so listen to podcasts when I do all those things. So thank you so much for being here and for spending this time with me. And thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. Ratings and reviews are super important to podcasters. And as the tiny little thing that you can do in return for me, because I do offer this show to you 100% for free, and I love doing it for you, is to kindly leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So I want to read out the review of the week. Five stars from Melissa, and she writes, one of my favorites. I simply love this podcast. I get inspired more and more with each podcast. I just want to say thanks, Kelly, for starting up this podcast and for continuing to share generously with your heart for all of us. It is encouraging me to change my life and design my life exactly how I want it to be. That is so amazing to hear. Thank you so much, Melissa. I am so happy that this work impacts you guys and that this is so supportive and I really feel so honored to do this show for you. So thank you so much for leaving such a beautiful and glowing rating and review of the show, Melissa. Now, if you want to be the review of the week, be sure to scroll on over to the Apple Podcasts app, which is just the little purple guy on the phone, and just scroll over to the show and scroll down to the ratings and review section, click write a review and leave a review for the show. Be sure to also leave your Instagram handle because I'm doing a giveaway right now. So if you leave a rating and review of the pod and you leave your Instagram handle, you are entered to win both of my courses. So you're entered to win both your conscious empire and your best life. And you're going to access those totally for free. Now, this episode today is so good. I think this is one of my all time favorite interviews I've ever done. It is with my friend Dory frame. So Dory, holy cow. Dory is like the cool sister you always wanted in your life. Okay. She has the answers to everything you're looking for. She knows the way. She totally understands you and she's so elevated and cool. You guys are going to be obsessed with her by the time we're done this episode. Now, Dory Frame is a lifelong skateboarder, tree climber, and water surface gazer who's completely in love with her current home in Hawaii where she can do all three. Dory has spent 20 plus years coaching, lecturing, and badgering people on the topics of nutrition, fitness, time management, stress management, flow, play, sleep, and renewal. She has degrees in psychology, exercise, physiology, and an MBA. Plus, she was trained by the Martha Beck Institute as a life coach. Dory offers guidance in the areas of conscious questioning, intuitive listening, and authentic living. She considers this work guidance rather than coaching because she helps her clients find the answers from within. So Dory really knows her stuff and she's taught in college and corporate and private settings. And just recently, Dory has added the Walking the Last Mile coaching, which is designed to help people with aging pets learn new ways to cope and enjoy their moments with their beloved friends. And this came about her own amazing positive experience with her great Dane, Reykjavik, which is aka hashtag joyboy on Instagram. 
Well, welcome to the show, Dory. I'm so excited to have you here. Aloha, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, 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 as I like to call you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love that you said aloha. So can you give the listeners some context as to where, where you are and what you're looking at? Because I'm sure you're looking at beautiful palm trees or your pool or ocean or a beautiful blue sky. <laughs> I am staring out at our uh, row of plumeria which uh, we call Plumeria in Hawaii and on the East Coast in Australia, it's Frangipani, same thing. So it's such a beautiful, beautiful day. Beautiful clouds in the blue sky, sun is shining, which is 90% of the time here in Honolulu. I love that. And I love Hawaii. And the fact that you live in Hawaii makes me very happy. <laughs> well, that, that's why we're friends. Exactly. Because I thought you were a coach living in Hawaii. So I reached out to you. <laughs> totally. The universe always brings people together in like the perfectly divine way. Um, and I'm always I'm so stoked now that every time I go to Hawaii, I can visit you and reach out because you're the only other person that I know that is there. And yeah, it's just such a beautiful part of the world. They always say Hawaii is like the heart chakra of the world. Have you heard that? I have. And man, I believe it. My life changed when I moved here. Yeah. How so? Tell us. (laughs) I got to convince Chris. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I was living in New York City and um, living like in the middle of the fast paced life. And here's a, a really telling thing. I was a news junkie. I watched news in the morning, at noon, (laughs) and in the (laughs) evening. I had to stop everything and tune in for the new news because things happen so fast in New York City, it's hard to keep up. So I did not miss that, and I was governed by the outside forces of the TV schedule of the news. And when I moved to Hawaii, suddenly, none of that seemed important anymore. And I just kind of let go of everything and started paying attention to my own world and my inner voice and nature and the beauty that is so ever present. And Hawaii made that such shift so easy to do. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I can't believe you watch the news twice a day and at noon. Oh my gosh. I feel like that three was, times. Holy God, three times, three a, times day. a day. Oh my gosh. That's, that's, that's so hilarious. Cause I feel like that's the opposite of you now. Cause you're so flowy and high vibe and so in tune with your own senses and intuition that, yeah, I feel like that was almost like a previous lifetime. <laughs> Hard to believe it's been the I, same lifetime. I feel like that too. <laughs> Cool. Well, I have some rapid fire for you if you're down. I'm down, man. Okay, cool. Favorite crystal? Ooh, uh, the selenite. Ooh. Which I have two of them sitting here with me right now. Nice, nice. Favorite book right now? Uh, I'm reading two. And, uh, of course, Dr. Joe Dispenza, one of my faves, uh, becoming supernatural. And I'm reading uh, Jen Sincero's uh, Badass Money book for the second time. And I'm reading that because of you. Oh, I love that. And I'm so glad that you are enjoying some Jen Sincero. Is she making you laugh? Yes, she is. And I have to tell you, I read the first book and it didn't really resonate with me because I I just felt like, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, (laughs) I didn't feel like it was new information for me. And I kind of crossed her off. And then I was reading, uh, one of your 
comments or podcasts or something, and you highly recommended the <laughs> Badass at Making Money. And I thought, okay, I'm open. I'll give it a second chance. And that one just hit me smack on. And part of it was because I think she was farther into the woo and no longer apologizing for it. She mm. was fully into it. And I resonated with that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Does res- that make sense? Totally. Because I resonated with your badass making money more than I resonated with your badass. And I felt like she understood me so head on, even from like the very first few pages when she was like, she's like, do you ever like hold up a wooden spoon at Ikea and be like, can I make this myself? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I so do that. Like, <laughs> I would be the kind of person back in the day, like if I had a, a break in the window, I'm like, can I use duct tape? Can I do this myself? Versus like hiring somebody. (laughs) Oh, me too. Yeah, totally. And I want to talk about money in this episode too, because I really resonated with all the things you shared and money mindset has been a continual thing for me. Um, But sorry, back to the rapid fire. Oh my God. I'm just so excited to talk to you that (laughs) I am getting distracted off my own rapid fire that I've built for you. Okay. Favorite beach in Hawaii? Makalai, home beach. Nice. Have Have to vote for the home team. Nice. Rope climbing or acro yoga? Oh, God, that's <laughs> tough. Uh, rope climbing. Skateboarding or surfing? Skateboarding. Coolest thing you've ever manifested? Hawaii. Moving to Hawaii. Hands down. Nice. Second favorite? Being on the podcast with Kelly Trapp. <laughs> I love that. Favorite type of meditation? I have this new kind of meditation that I developed myself where I have YouTube videos that play a certain frequency of sound uh, and I sit and listen to those. Not guided, it's just the music. I love that. Are you listening to certain like Hertz frequencies? I don't pay attention to Hertz. I pay attention to what I feel and what rings true inside. And I have uh, a couple that I'm willing to share in the show notes if people are interested. Yeah, I'm interested. I feel like that's, yeah, I love that. And I feel like your meditation, whatever you're doing for meditation, I want to know what, what you're doing. Cause I feel like you're really great at it. <laughs> so I would hundred percent love to know those. Um, and those will definitely go in the show notes for the listeners. And then what has been your biggest takeaway from being a professional bodybuilder? Hmm. My biggest takeaway I think was that I could do it my own way. Mm-hmm. I never had a coach. And people would always come up to me and ask, who's your coach? Who's helping you with all this? And I learned it all myself, damn it. I went to school for it and I studied and I learned it and I did it. I love that. I love it when people are like, are self-made and they make their own things and they create their own stuff and they, they do it themselves. So I think that's so cool and so impressive because, oh my goodness, like the people that I know who've done professional bodybuilding and do competitions and stuff so much work and science and dedication goes into that. And I just think that's so cool. And so cool that you did it all by yourself. That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. It was, it was kind of liberating and empowering. Yeah. Yeah. So getting into the, with the questions, I wanted to start off by saying you're like super elevated and so conscious. And I'm so curious, what has your spiritual journey been like to arrive here? Have you always been this way or is this something you've evolved into? I think I started out this way and then I gained a lot of crap along the way. And then I did a lot of deep dive into why I was who I was. And then I started stripping the crap away and came back to where I originally started. 
And that has been through so much study and introspection and reading and talking to people and, uh, you know, practicing, practicing, practicing. Mm -hmm. So what does your spiritual practice look like? I meditate every single day and sometimes twice a day, which may sound strange to people. Because believe it or not, I was one of those people that could not slow down long enough to do yoga. I thought yoga was like golf. You know, that's for people who are retired, (laughs) who have plenty of time, sit there and just move slowly. And they're not really getting any cardio and they're not building their strength. And then I got into yoga and I guess that's kind of the gateway drug to meditation because I did yoga nidra which sounds like yoga, but it's really laying there listening to a guided meditation and trying not to fall asleep. (laughs) So yoga nidra really opened my eyes to what could happen when I closed them and was quiet. Mm, I love that. So do you get your divine downloads and your intuition? Does that come through you when you meditate? Absolutely. And now it comes pretty regularly. And now I also will ask questions Mm. at some point when I feel like it's the time to ask questions. Sometimes I just need to focus and be very still and not have thoughts. But there are times when I will turn on the music, close my eyes, and all of a sudden answers start coming. Mm, I love that. Yeah, meditation has always been an interesting one for me. So I'm curious, do do the answers just sort of arrive as thoughts and you sort of have that internal knowingness like oh yeah this is an inspired action or like oh yeah I gotta do this or drop that down or does it do you find that you know when you go deep and then you kind of feel like it's the right time which I totally understand that sort of intuitive knowingness of okay it's the right time to ask a question do the answers come then or is it a little bit of both here's what I found about myself is and this is a story that I'm trying to correct I'm not always the best at answer, asking questions and getting answers. What I'm really good at is allowing downloads. Oh, I love that. So I I'll get that. started and I'm not necessarily focused on something. And all of a sudden I get really specific things like posting to Instagram. You were looking for a photo, use this photo. Mm-hmm. And I will see a, maybe a picture of it. But I really do feel like that. Uh, Esther has a good explanation of her channeling Abraham when she says, um, it's like blocks of thought that I translate or blocks of energy that I translate into thought. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. I really resonate with that because I, I'm not very good at doing the ask a question, get an answer. Like I can do it. It's just, it's not as easy as just getting the download. And I love that you use that phrasing because that is so much easier to me to just be still and wait for it to just arrive and show up and come in whatever way that is. If it's like email that person or, you know, jot this down. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's really helpful because I feel like meditation is one of those things. People are like, I meditate. And I'm always like, how, (laughs) what does it look like? What do you do? Like, what do you do when you lay there? I want to know, tell me all the things. So thank you for sharing that. So you're also extremely present and grounded. And how have you learned to really quiet your mind and the ego? It's practice over and over again. And I do a lot of what I call conscious questioning. Mm. So like, oh, I'm starting to feel a little 
uh, unhappy about this and I just start diving into it as soon as I recognize it. Okay, why am I feeling unhappy about that? Is that necessary? Is that something I need to focus on now? And I have to say, I'm kind of different than the thought models that I was uh, brought up to believe in in coaching from like Brooke Castillo and Martha Beck. I, for me, it's not so much starting with the thought. For me, it's always body feeling. And I have to discern, okay, I feel this in my gut or I feel this in my heart or I feel tense. Why, why is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you the kind of person that feels really deeply like the gut feeling? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm the exact same where I will feel. It just comes as like a feeling. Usually like my stomach is in a knot. And I love that that idea of being like, okay, instead of questioning the thoughts, questioning, oh, right, I have the feeling what's underneath this. And I think that's super helpful because everybody gets their their knowingness in different areas, whether they think it or they feel it, or it kind of is like clear cognizance of just instant understanding. And I love that you share that of having the feeling and then saying, okay, what is it here? So when you're talking yourself through something like that, what does that conversation sound like in your head? You know, it's really important to observe because that's how you're distancing yourself from the feeling. And I just try and be very compassionate. And most of the time I'm talking to my egoic mind or inner critic. I think you use that phrase also. And I just have to, (laughs) now I'm at the point where it makes me laugh. It's like, okay, I know you're there. And I know that you're trying to alert me to something or keep me safe in some way. And I just keep questioning until I understand what it is that my ego is trying to alert me to. And sometimes it, it takes me a while. But the most important piece of that, I think, is creating distance in the beginning and not saying, I am feeling like this. You say, I see that my stomach is upset. So what could be causing that? So you're the you're the very kind, compassionate observer of yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Creating that distance, which is such a practice because in the moment, I'm always like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and I love that, that idea of just sort of taking a step back and having that more kind, compassionate, third-party approach. I think that's a a great tool. Hey friends, it's me. I just wanted to swing by really quickly in the middle of this juicy episode and let you know that you can snag some of my best top-tier business strategies that I use myself in my own business and what I teach in your conscious empire which is my online class that teaches you how to build a heart-centered business, how to do what you adore, and most importantly, how to free yourself financially. Now, I always get asked the same question, which is this, how exactly I built this business, how I earn a full-time income doing what I love, and how I grew this into a successful and legit thing. Well, in this course, I guide you step-by-step in radical honesty so you can do it too. Your Conscious Empire teaches you everything. It's seriously your roadmap and your best friend. You'll learn everything, like how you master your mindset as an entrepreneur, how you build something with a $0 budget, how you test and validate your ideas before you spend money. This is exactly how you get stuff off the ground. And in addition, you're gonna learn how to consciously sell your products and items, market in the heart-centered way, and what it takes to grow your business into a conscious empire of your own. 
Now, what I wanna share with you today is the fact that you can preview a few of these video modules from this exact course and totally experience what my students are loving right now. So hurry on over to the show notes and go preview about an hour of some of my best top tier strategies, ideas, and action items that you can implement right now to start your dream business or take what you got and go to the next level. All right, my friends, back to the show. Now, one of the things that you had shared with me recently on Instagram was asking the question of why am I in such a rush? Why am I in such a hurry? And I would love for you to talk about this because I really do feel like as a society, we are so obsessed with speed, getting things done, moving it to like right now, taking like immediate action. And I love that that you just are asking the question, why am I in such a rush? Can you deep dive on this? Yes. So I was a, I'm a reformed type A. Uh, I was a heavy duty lister. (laughs) I love checking things off the list and I no longer make lists. I'm proud to say, but that's just my own, the way I want to live. So I noticed the list was about how fast I could go through and accomplish it. Mm. And that became really important to me. And that was because I wanted to tell other people, Hey, look what I've done. So it was a way of building self-worth. And what I've come to understand is I am inherently worthy. I don't need to prove to other people that I'm worthy by how much I make or how productive I am or how fast I get things done. I am worthy. And the second thing is I am here for joy or (laughs) joy and growth. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite quotes from Abraham is... People just need to realize that they're here on this planet for growth. And and then he says, or she says, <laughs> really, really, they're just here for joy. But humans can't accept that. So we'll start with growth. Mm. So it's hard to be here just for joy because for humans, it's like we're not getting anything done. Right. We're here to do things and to conquer and to accomplish. So I like to remember that the joy is in the journey. It's not in getting there. And if you're trying to get somewhere and the journey is not fun, then what's the point of doing it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you share this stuff. I feel like you specifically, Dory, teach and share everything that I need to hear (laughs) personally. (laughs) Um, And everything I am working through, I feel like you've figured out. (laughs) So... How did you get to the point of knowing that you are worthy? Did it come as a, a journey or did it come through like an affirmation that you've reaffirmed or how did you arrive at that like full knowingness and having your ego accepted as much as the ego can that you are fully worthy exactly as you are? Wow, that's a really good question. And it was an evolution for sure. I always thought that I had, well, I think I have a high level of self-confidence and I always thought that I felt worthy. But one day I was listening to something. I can't remember what it was. And I was learning muscle testing. And one of the questions was, you know, I was like doing the muscle testing, repeating the question. And the question was, I have high self-worth and my fingers broke through. And I'm like, what? I... I'm self-confident. I'm worthy. And I thought, I did it again. Broke through. Wow. I, I don't feel a high level of self, 
worth. And then I started the conscious questioning. Uh, you know, why don't I? Where is that coming from? And it was a lot of things around being productive for the outside world. And I eventually, I feel like once I became conscious of it, then I could start the questioning and then I could start being closer to my higher self. And my higher self I know is worthy. And I, it's hard to explain, but the more aligned I felt with my higher self, the more I realized I am absolutely worthy and everyone here is worthy. Mm, mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. And something I'm personally working through myself as well is like I was doing um, some of Lacey Phillips's deep imaginings and the same bottom belief of I'm not worthy keeps coming up. And I had the exact same response. I'm like, what? I thought I'd been around this block like a hundred times. Like I'm a very confident person. I am like, I, my rational mind be like, oh, of course I'm worthy. Of course. And then on the subconscious plane, still don't think I'm worthy still at square one. So what, what do you tell your ego when you just want to enjoy life and experience and the ego is all like, I got to get things done. I have a to-do list. I want to check the boxes. And sometimes my ego gives me crap for being like, well, you are just going to sit. And then what are you going to do? You're just going to sit like, <laughs> and just chill. What, what do you say to your ego when that stuff arises? My, the, well, the biggest thing is noticing it, right? Because mm. normally we do that stuff because we're not noticing it. At least, you know, at this point when you're trying, trying to grow, it's when you blow right through that it, you can't change it. Once you notice it, that's the beginning of the change right there. And I think just being aware and then the the next thing is I ask myself this question. Okay, I'm feeling pressure to do this. Am I enjoying it? Mm. Yes or no? If I am enjoying it, then I try and be have more present moment focus and think about this task on the list, not the whole list. Yeah. So really in the moment. If I'm not enjoying it, I'll tell you, when I have a bad day and a bad day to me is like my mind is going nonstop and I'm not present, I, if I catch myself, I ask myself, what would I most like to do right now? What would make, even if I have to stay with a task, what would make this the most fun, mm-hmm. you know, the most fun way to accomplish it? And I feel like just about anything can be made more fun. Like sometimes I'll listen to a podcast while I'm washing dishes and that immediately elevates it and makes it something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And this uh, same thing with work. I look through my list and go, okay, I'm not going to go in order. What do I most want to do? What really sounds fun? And honestly, I'm feeling at this point, if you go through your life doing the thing you most want to do, that's uh, on your list can't think of a better term than that, but if you do the thing you most want to do, you're going to be the most aligned with yourself and you are going to shine the most light out into the world. Mm, I love that. And that's so true. When you do the inspired action that feels the most fun and even for the stuff, you know, the stuff we do like dishwashing and cleaning and, you know, the things that are there just asking that simple question of like, how can I make this more fun? Or how can I enjoy this more? And am I enjoying this? I think those are such powerful questions and stuff we forget to ask because we get so obsessed with speed and 
yeah i mean i'm the first to admit i love speed <laughs> i'm very good at speeding up and going faster versus slowing down and taking more time which is why i'm always in the practice of taking more time so thank you for sharing that i think that's super helpful for sure to just ask those questions well kelly i have to say that there's something that i that i'm learning from you as well and it has to do with speed and it's when you <laughs> you ask the question when you've got a new goal or a new dream, you say, how fast can I get this done? And <laughs> I like that question because it makes me open my mind up and imagine a broader array of ways I could go after it. Mm. It makes it feel like, wow, I, more like I can do the impossible. What is the fastest way I can do it? You know, it opens my mind instead of the like, oh, okay, I have to go to this step and this step and this step. It makes me rethink it and be more creative. So there is beauty in everything, honestly. Yeah, totally, totally. There is, I mean, there's such, there's such balance, you know, in, in both ways, there's pros and cons to everything. Like as much as I love the speed and going fast and seeing how quickly I can get things done. And as a person who loves to check off my to-do list items, they give me great satisfaction. <laughs> the, this, I feel like the slowing down and the savoring is something that you are so good at and something that so many listeners would just so benefit from and love hearing your perspective on. Cause I feel like that's the part that doesn't get super emphasized in society. It's always the going faster gripping harder, uh -huh. moving quicker, and less attention and time to the questions of let's slow down a little bit and see and feel and wait and see what is most fun. And I feel like that's where the really good stuff comes in is when you have that space and time. Now, I also want to ask you about manifesting stuff because you shared that you are an accomplished manifester. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about some of the things that you've manifested in your lifetime and your <laughs> process or formula or how exactly you go about doing it. Cause I have a feeling that has to do a little bit with some stillness and some quietness and not just rushing through the, through the agenda like I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about manifesting the, one of my favorite things, which is my move to Hawaii. Okay, so I was married to an investment banker in uh, New York City, and I discovered Hawaii in 2005, and I immediately fell in love with it, like when I stepped off the plane on uh, the Big Island. And oh, I just couldn't get enough. And I went home and told my husband, oh, my God, this is like the most beautiful place. He'd been trying to tell me this for years. <laughs> he loved it. And uh, I just never really wanted to go. So we started coming twice a year from New York City. That's like an 11-hour flight because we loved it so much. We'd been to the Caribbean, and it just didn't resonate. Like, Hawaii is just so, so special. So I would come here, and I would be so thirsty <laughs> to live here. I would just think, oh, I don't want to leave. Oh, and I would do the countdown. Oh, four more days. I got to do something fun today. Oh, three more days. Oh, two more days. <laughs> And I wasn't in the moment here. I wasn't relaxing and enjoying it. I wasn't savoring, as you said. And one day I was sitting in Waikiki with Greg and I was staring off at the um, point that's right in front of Diamond Head and the condos there. 
And all of a sudden, I had a knowing that not only was I going to live here, I was going to live there. Wow. On that point. And it washed over me. And that has happened again since then. This feeling of just like a cool breeze, just like flowing over you and through you. And just felt so good. And I suddenly was totally okay with going home because I knew that that was happening in my future. Mm. And Kelly, I think that's the key. I think it's when you come to that point where you know it's happening and you just let go and allow it. And there was no way in my rational mind that this could happen because for an investment banker to move to Hawaii, that's usually a retirement thing. There were no jobs here that Mm. fit him in any way, shape or form. And so I thought, I didn't worry about how it was going to happen or when it was going to happen. I kind of thought in the back of my mind, well, that's, that's probably a retirement thing. So got a few more years, you know, on the mainland and, and I'm just going to enjoy that. And when I go to Hawaii, I'll enjoy that. And when I'm on the mainland, Hawaii is always there. It's not like I lose it. It's Mm -hmm. still in the same dimension or realm as me. So fast forward is like maybe two years and an unbelievable set of events fell into place. There were changes at his job. He started looking for a new job. He immediately had three offers and one of them was with a client in Hawaii. And that job came up because the guy who was in that job had just left right at the same time when Greg left his job. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps from head to toe right now. Wow. Yeah. It was the most, it was literally unbelievable from a rational perspective. It, it, It was surprising and there's no way I could have foreseen it. And all of a sudden, like we had the opportunity to move to Hawaii and I was almost like, well, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, there, there were some other things I was going to do on the mainland before I moved. And it was so funny. I was just pretty much uh, swept off my feet by the whole manifestation. And when we came here, I remember walking, we came here to look for a, a place to stay before we moved. And I remember walking into Dukes and Henry Capono was playing the song Home in the Islands that moment. And the tears just started streaming down from my eyes. And I thought, oh my God, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home. And it almost makes me cry now just to think about that moment. But I never, I didn't spend all my time going, oh, wish I could move to Hawaii. Oh, I hate not being in Hawaii. You know, I just allowed it. I love and it flowed. That's so beautiful. And it makes me so happy to, to hear that. Cause I feel like you are a perfect fit in Hawaii. I love Hawaii too. And I remember the first time we messaged on Instagram, uh, like in February when we were both taking flow and I remember saying, Oh, we're just visiting. And I was like, well, we come here like twice a year. And you're like, yeah, that's what we did. And you're like, uh, you're probably going to move at some point. Cause we were on that twice a year, twice a year to Hawaii path. Um, there is something so magical and it's hard to put your finger on it but the one thing is it it just forces you to totally slow down and enjoy and let go and it's like 
it's like I have no problems when I'm in Hawaii. (laughs) It's so true. It's such a beautiful place. And thank you so much for sharing that. So when you just let go and if you look back and then based on what you know of law of attraction and quantum mechanics and higher dimensions, is there any kind of like little formulas or tips or things you've used to know when you're sort of on the path to your manifestation? So I'm going to backtrack for one second and say when that happened, I had never heard of Abraham Hicks' Law of Attraction Manifestation. (laughs) I love it. So that's kind of the way I lived my life. And I didn't know that there was a formula for it. It's just, I just kind of evolved into it and I saw that it worked. (laughs) And then through a random sequence from Brooke Castillo mentioning Jess Lively to listening to Jess Lively and the very first podcast I listened to from her were things I'm afraid to tell you. That's when I heard about Abraham Hicks and that's when I checked it out. And that was just like a couple of years ago, if even that. So uh, I'm pretty new to the, the formula, but I'm not new to the feeling. I guess Mm. I would say. So when there's something I want to manifest, I really envision it. I sink into it and everything I like about it. And it's usually not an intentional thing. It's like something attracts my attention. And I've learned now when something attracts my attention to let myself just go and luxuriate in it. Mm. Just like be in it. That happened with my house here. I I saw it and it wasn't the house that we were going to look at. But I just looked at the pictures and I just pictured myself there and I just, in just such a loving, happy way, I could just feel it. So pretty much I just let myself follow my inner voice when it tells me to focus on something. And I just, like I say, really luxuriate in it. And then I don't think about how I'm going to get it. I just kind of let it go. And if I think about it later and I want to, you know, go back to it and experience it, I do that, but I don't focus on it nonstop and I don't try and complete it. I just let it go. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think that it's the letting go bit. That is definitely the most challenging part. That's definitely the biggest part of the whole practice. So when you say you let things go, do you just like stop thinking about it? Do you just you know, surrender it up? Do you like write it down, rip up the paper? Do you just sort of push it to the side? How does that process of letting go work for you? It's a natural evolution and it just kind of happens. I, I lose interest in focusing on it all the time. And I'm, if if I'm too attached to something, I will deliberately let it go. And the way I let go of things and thoughts that I don't want and everything is not to try and let go is to focus on something else. Gotcha. That's really great. That's super helpful. I I really appreciate you showing that because it's so much easier to just do something else and take on the new action than to try to like actively avoid the other thing. It's like when people are like, Oh, if you've just been dumped, like go date another person, regardless if that's the right action or not. (laughs) It's, It's so true. It's a lot easier to like, get over somebody by dating new people than it is to just, you know, 
always think about the the ex-partner which dating new thoughts dating new thoughts exactly (laughs) I love that I love that and focusing on new things I think that's such a, a brilliant way and I've never had heard anybody say that so I really appreciate that you bring that up because I feel like that is something so helpful for for myself and for the listeners to think of it like that because I find the letting go bit the biggest part of the of the process because I love control and I've been really working on letting go of control (laughs) (laughs) and just trying to surrender and allow and not care so much and just let it flow and I, I I love that you had you just kind of felt it like a cool breeze and sort of like that wave and that washing over you and that knowingness that it was going to come. Have you had that in other areas of your life too? Well, like I said, I, I had that, I had a big time experience with this house that I live in, the tree houses, we call it, where the floasis is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's a too long a story for this podcast, but uh, at one point it went into escrow with someone else and uh, it was off the market and I thought that's it and I literally remember sitting in the park walking when I was walking my dog looking at the pictures over and over again and I came to the point where I thought I don't care if we don't get to buy this house I love this house so much I'm going to wait till the new owner moves in and I'm going to go up there and introduce myself and say I just want to help you bring this house back to the graceful beauty that I know it has hidden because it had been let go for two years. And I thought that's the feeling that I'm looking for in owning this house is bringing it back to its glory. And I thought if I can help do that, I don't have to own it. I just want to get that feeling of helping it come back to life. And guess what? (laughs) It fell through for the other buyers. And when I was sitting in the park one day looking at the pictures, all of a sudden I felt that whoosh. And that's what it was. It's like I contacted the uh, realtor and he said, you know, I think the other buyers are going to back out. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot more to that story in getting to that point because it was quite a long process. But wow, that was another huge learning experience for me. Yeah, it's so true. Everything that's meant to be always does work out. And it's that intricate balance of really trusting the process and trusting the knowingness listening, being still tapping into the intuition, feeling that feeling. And I love that you shared that, you know, you just, you just were okay with the feeling of helping restore it and bring it back to its beauty, even if you couldn't ever have it. And yeah, it's the classic example of when you let it go, it it comes to you. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Hey there, it's me. I just want to interrupt this amazing episode and remind you that there is a sweet giveaway going on. All you got to do is scroll over on your Apple Podcasts app, click the Kelly Track Show, scroll down to write a review and leave your rave review and Instagram handle so I can find you. And then you will be entered to win both Your Best Life and Your Conscious Empire, which are my two top-notch courses. So when you're done enjoying this episode, be sure to go leave a rating and review and the universe will so give you a cosmic wink and some good karma will flow your way today. And if you need a visual of what I'm talking about, just go to kellytrack.com slash giveaway and it's totally right there for you. All right, peeps, back to the show. I want to pivot a little bit and talk about living a great life and this concept of not apologizing for living a great life because 
I think we are so good at dimming down our light and not talking about our success and what we've done and who we are and what we have accomplished. And I would love to venture into this with you. And especially talking about the shadow and the parts that we like to hide. So I would love to do deep dive into this topic of money and this concept of living a rich life. Because when you shared this in the things that you were afraid to share with people, I totally got it. Money has always been such a fascinating thing for me. And part of it was because my family growing up, I mean, we grew up in a really wealthy neighborhood in Canada and I totally understand all of it. And I always felt this need to to prove it and to earn it and be like, no, no, I earned it. I'm earning it. It's, it's, it's not like it was given to me on a silver platter. And I love that you shared this and what you wrote. You said, I usually avoid the word rich because it makes me cringe. And I've been very reactive to it. And it causes me to try and explain how it's not really true or how we earned it. And I feel like so many people resonate with that and with what you shared of this concept of always needing to prove ourselves. And I would love for you to tap more on this. So can you please expand a little bit on this some more? Well, I have to say right off the bat that I noticed in some of your materials, I can't remember if it's a podcast or something I read of yours, and you said you stated an intention to become rich. And I thought, well, if Kelly can say it, <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> so it's funny because as humans, we're always looking for permission, right? It's like permission that that's okay. It's okay to be like that. And I'm realizing that all the permission I need is the voice inside me. And that's who I need to ask. And that's who I need to answer to. And that helped me a lot with this. Also, I was raised, so this is subconscious programming. I think I was raised to just be very humble, to not talk about money, and to kind of hide hide any wealth. That's, that's too strong a, a word, but to hide that you had extra money, mm-hmm. discretionary income. So I kind of, that's one of the subconscious programs I've tried to dive into and I'm, I'm trying to release. And what I realize now, one of the most beautiful things that one of the Martha Beck coaches told me was that don't be afraid to make money. Money is energy. The more money you have, the more you can help other people. And I thought, well, that makes total sense. So I think we often confuse money with greed Mm -hmm. and trying to accumulate a lot of money to just use for yourself. And what I realized is money really is just energy. It's another way that we can shine our light. If we earn money, we spend money helping other people. And pretty much anytime you spend money, it is helping other people in the Mm -hmm. form of giving them jobs or buying their products or, you know, when we contribute to our favorite causes. All of that is helping the world continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. And it's I think that is also shining light into the world. Totally. A hundred percent. And it took me time to realize that as well, like this idea that money just circulates and the more we circulate it in conscious, high vibe, aligned directions, the, the better it gets. The other thing is, I love the phrase, you can't be poor enough to make people in third world countries wealthy. You're being yeah. poor doesn't make them wealthier. You being wealthy and contributing to things that help them help is what helps them lift up. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And I feel like 
one of the things I really resonated with that you shared was that if the idea of money ever comes up, it's sort of this underlying feeling, you know, it's like, oh, but, but like we earned it, you know, it's this needing to sort of prove, cause I will still go back to this of like, oh, but I've, I've earned this. This is mine. Cause like I worked for this. I worked my butt off. Totally, totally. Versus just sort of owning it and being like, this is this like whatevs and not having like the shadow around it. So how have you worked through that you're in yourself or are you still going through that process of, of being just being like, this is this being owning it loud and proud and not having that shadow around it. I would say I have worked through it on a weird to say, but in a logical way, but I notice my actions still, I have to really observe myself and catch myself about how I dialogue with other people around the issue. So it's very much still a work in progress, but I'm honestly feeling better inside about it. And I think that will make a huge difference. I am worthy with or without money, and so are you, and so is everyone else. So, you know, would I feel bad about having blue eyes versus green eyes? I mean, as you said, it just is what is. And we choose the path that gets us more money or more love or more attention or whatever it is. So it's part of our individuality. And I think it's not something to be ashamed of. Mm, I love that. I love that. And another thing I really resonated with that you had shared was um, you were talking about being frugal and that I, I so agree with that because I feel like I've had to learn how to spend money on myself and that I am a valuable investment of money and like I can buy things for myself and I'm worth it. And I would love for you to share a little bit about the hangers because I really connected with that (laughs) and I understood it 1000%. (laughs) Well, I was always taught to give to other people growing up and always give the best things to other people and, you know, other kids that you're going to school with, you know, if you have two cookies, give them the better cookie. And you always take the more inferior things because it's important to be generous and and giving in the world. And so when I was doing my things I was afraid to tell people, I got a package from Amazon and it was these clothes hangers that I ordered. And I opened it up and I thought, oh my gosh, those are so much nicer than I thought they would be. And my immediate thought was, I shouldn't keep these for myself. I'll put them in the guest closet, which is kind of hilarious because they'd be used way more often in my closet every day. But it was just the thinking that, oh, and again, that comes back to self-worth, right? I'm not worthy of these. These should go to someone else. So I realized I am worthy of all this stuff, and I can still give the best things to other people and have the best for myself as well. Mm, I love that. Yeah, and this idea that you can you can give good things to others and you can give good things to yourself and it doesn't have to be this either or i i think that's so beautiful and so leans to the abundance mindset of things of like you know this person can have good hangers and like i can have good hangers or like i can keep these and like buy other good hangers for the guests you know what i mean and versus it being like 
only the guest bedroom or my bedroom gets these good hangers. That's it. And I, <laughs> I would so dabble in that narrative of like either or black, white, like it was very much a toggle switch in my head, especially around money. So I really appreciate that you shared that and, and brought that up because I feel like money is such a fascinating one and an intricate one. And don't throw out the hangers you already have. Totally. <laughs> even though they're inferior, they're still usable. Totally. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So how have you been able to really own your self-worth regardless of whatever money is flowing in or out of your life? Well, as I said, it's still a process and I'm still working on it. But there are some things where I'm realizing I am, I shine brighter if I do things that I enjoy, if I buy things that I enjoy. It, it lifts my vibration and it makes me better able to serve other people, which honestly is absolutely why I'm here. Uh, the growth and joy comes from helping other people or shining my light in any way possible to influence people towards growth and joy. So I realized that filling up my own cup in any way that feels really good to me is nothing but beneficial to everyone else around me. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that's so special and important and something that it has taken me a long time to realize that filling up my own cup is a valuable investment of my time. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. So it, it's, as you said, it's not just money, it's time. Mm -hmm. Giving yourself the abundance of time. Totally. And the abundance of love and all these different things. Money is just one of many things. Do we ever go, wow, I've got way too much love. I should not hold on to all of this. It's, it's not productive for the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, we never ever say that. <laughs> So I just have a couple of quick final closing Q&A before, before we wrap up. So can you touch on your relationship with hashtag joy boy and that being your dog, Reykjavik? And what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from him? Wow, that's super easy. And it gives me joy to talk about him, which is why I call him the joy boy. He's taught me two things. How to love 10 times more how to open my heart because I was never a nurturer before I got him I don't have kids and from an early age I didn't want kids I had nine nieces and nephews and I just really felt like I wasn't the person that would be good at taking care of people nor did I really want to and when I got him it literally opened my heart and it happens more so every year he brings me so much to the present moment, and he has helped me become the person that appreciates Hawaii and the soft breeze and the beautiful cloud formations as I go by overhead, laying in the grass with him and just smelling the smells and experiencing nature. That has been such a big gift. So I guess he's partly responsible for slowing me down. I guess now that I think about it, majorly responsible. <laughs> wow. Um, and yeah, he's on a really interesting journey now because he's 12 and he's a great Dane. And so he's um, doesn't have a lot of years left. 
And I am super appreciative of the lessons I'm learning from him, even to this day, about being ever more present. I can't sit with him and think about all the things I need to do in my business. When I sit with him, he requires me to be with him in spirit too. Mm, yeah, I love that being with him present in spirit too, because that is the whole enchilada. <laughs> it's it's everything. So good coaches and guides are always embodying the work and are on such continual journeys themselves. So what is something that you're currently working on? I'd say I'm still working on the money thing that we're talking about. I mean, it's really good for me to talk about it with you because that is something I'm always trying to be more comfortable with. And also I'm always trying to watch myself in how I react to people and situations that I've had in my life for a long time. Cause I noticed that's where the most automatic programs are. Mm. And I guess maybe money would fit into that category. So that's what I'm going to say. What I'm really working on is stopping the automatic programs that no longer serve me. I love that. I love that because you're so right. We do have so many automatic programs around the habitual patterns that we have and with the people that we encounter all the time. And to take a second to think, oh, what am I doing on autopilot? Like, I literally just thought, oh, gosh, all the crap I do on autopilot to Chris. Like, I could really improve a lot of that stuff. And just to be asking those questions of, well, what is here that I'm not even really conscious of, consciously aware of that I'm doing it? So I'm so glad that you brought that up. And then what would you say to somebody who's just starting out on this journey of self-development and getting in touch with themselves and is on this more spiritual path of touching into their intuition? I would absolutely say take some time every day to disconnect and listen. Listen into your body, listen into your inner voice. And try and get in touch with your authentic self. And maybe that's in the form of going and sitting on a, a park bench on your lunch hour and not watching a podcast, not texting while you're eating your lunch. You know, mindfulness moments. And even small moments once or twice a day can make a difference to your ability to listen in. Listening is the key listening and observing yourself that's how you make the big changes mm, I love that I love that you answered that listening in and observing was the key to making big changes and I so appreciate that because it's so true and it's so beautiful and we get so caught up in like what I had shared you know before in this episode like taking action like doing stuff being really you know x y and z needs to happen now where as like the true precursor is sitting and getting still and observing. And I love that you bring that. And yes, thank you so much, Dory. I feel like your words always hit home and arrive for me right on time. So to finally wrap up and close, where can listeners find you online and say hi if they want to connect or learn more about you or check out your Floasis? So uh, I'm on Instagram at Bright Blue Moment. And there's a, a few pictures of the hashtag joyboy on there. And then my website is at uh, brightbluemoment.com. 
And I do not do a lot of social media, so I'm pretty much just IG and my website, and I do some Facebook groups. And that's because I am always trying to be unplugged to listen to the inner voice. I love that. I love that. I can always use a page out of your book. I feel like everything that you teach is exactly what I need to hear. So thank you so much, Dory, for coming on. It's such a honor and a pleasure to have you. And I'm so excited and glad that we got to connect. I feel like the universe brought us together for a reason. So thank you so much. Oh, goosebumps, Kelly. Goosebumps. (laughs) Thank you. Love to you. I'm so glad to have you in my life. Thank you. I so appreciate that. All right, my friends, and there you have it. That is the episode for you today. If you adored this just as much as I did, please take a second to take a screenshot of it on your phone, upload it to your Instagram stories, and tag Dory and I in it. Tag us at Bright Blue Moment and at Kelly Track. I would so love to see you listening to this, you enjoying it, and one of your favorite aha moments or takeaways from the show. Plus, if you have a friend, be sure to share this episode their way or the whole podcast their way. That's exactly how this podcast grows and gets to more people is by you sharing it. So thank you so much in advance for doing that, for uploading it to your Instagram stories, to sharing it with your peeps. I so appreciate you. Now, Really quickly, right before you leave, I want to make sure that you do know about the two awesome sweet things going on right now. The first one being the giveaway. So you can just follow the directions in the show notes to enter the giveaway. All you have to do is leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, leave your Instagram handle, and you're going to be entered to win my courses for free, which is really sweet. And the second thing being the preview of your conscious empire, which the link is in the show notes. Go access about that one hour free content totally for free. I know you're going to love it. So you can find everything in the show notes and I am so excited to catch you back here soon. All right, my dear friends, adios. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.